Netflix's library just got a bit smaller on this CG edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from beautiful Alexandria, Virginia, just south of the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And I am joined today by the intellectually formidable Vincent Shen. How are you, sir? How are you, Sean? You like my little... Yeah. Um, so, uh, first up, right off the bat, uh, we're talking about uh, Netflix, everybody's favorite streaming mm-hmm. uh, movie and television show service. And uh, their, their, their library is about to get a little bit smaller, which is not the right direction to be going in. Um, what's what are the details here? What's going on? Yeah, sure thing. So, uh, you know, they've come up on our show here a few times recently, and this is a pretty big change for them. Uh, we'll see if this ends up kind of being like their last major shift, which was quite a disaster when they right. talked about splitting with Quickster and everything. But in this case, um, you know, they've done something like like this before. Basically, they had this five year deal with Epics, which is jointly owned by. I think uh, a few studios like MGM and Lionsgate. Right, it's the major studios, right. And uh, so basically this gave them some rights to distribute a lot of their big Hollywood blockbuster type films. So they're ending this deal. It's going to run through September. Um, I'm surprised it had such a short tail because you remember back in the day, um, this is a little bit of TV history, but obviously Ted Turner uh, created CNN, mm-hmm. but uh, he also, you know, had uh, TBS and, you know, TNT and it's the Turner, you know, the networks or whatever made. But he paid, and this is a big deal, I think it was in the 80s, but he paid a billion dollars to MGM for access to their entire vault. Okay. All their old, like literally everything. And that's why, you know, when we were kids growing up, you know that's why like old westerns from like just the, why all, the, all these MGM movies just be played. He wanted cheap content that he could just play over and over again and then just have ads during. Um, I'm surprised Netflix hasn't done anything longer tail like that. But anyway, so sorry to interrupt. Well, no, no that's fine because you actually bring up a few points with that that I think are relevant here. First of all, that five year agreement um, it's generally reported to have been valued at around one billion dollars, so about two hundred million dollars per year for Netflix. That, to that's be... the the standard operating procedure for all these studio execs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so to be putting out these movies, um, and the thing is, you know, the service is really losing a pretty significant portion of it, its life. I was reading through this and I was like, ah, oh, this is somewhat troubling. Like, are they there? Uh, is Netflix's plan to go all original content now? I mean, I love House of Cards just as much as the next person, but yeah, I, you I th- know. <laughs> so um, I think a little bit of the rationale behind their decision making, and by the way, uh, now that Netflix is passing on this. Hulu stepping into the uh, dun, void dun, here. Dun. So it's not like Hulu has exclusive rights. You know, Amazon signed up with Nef- uh, with right. Epic's back, I think back in 2012. So um, there's a few different services now, but Hulu's kind of stepping in to, to take over that deal. And so you know, what's Netflix thinking here? Um, I think. Wow, can they give up this ground? It almost seems like they don't quite have a monopoly yet. So they yeah, can't but give the company up this- isn't really. They're not exactly doing this on a whim. Obviously, right? Um, you know, in part of their blog post where they announced this, you know, they acknowledge the fact that a lot of these they're losing a lot of these big titles. But ultimately, like the way the licensing rules work from the studios means that they can't even. Uh, stream them for their subscribers until like a year after their theatrical release. So it isn't even. So by that point, yeah. it is admittedly available on through a lot of other channels and mediums, right. be it through your cable service, um, competing streaming services, things along those lines. So they definitely did some uh, some thought and analysis when they yeah, made this and um, you know. It's not like the company isn't still signing other deals with content producers. Uh, they have big 
agreements with Sony, Universal, DreamWorks. They have a huge one coming up with Disney. That is the big one. Really big, because that includes Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm with some really big movies coming out. And um, that also is a very favorable one for Netflix because they have some exclusive first access rights, essentially, where they can kind of, they'll have that content to stream before anybody else does. That was, uh, that actually lends itself to a point I was going to make. And, you know, I sat when I read this, but on the flip side, um, I was going to point out on a, on a bullish note, um, Netflix kind of has me and my son, who's now 18 months, pretty well invested in their content offerings. He watched uh, Old Sesame Street episodes this morning. Oh, yeah. On Netflix. And they've got Winnie the Pooh. They've got. It's. And then as he gets older, they have all those. You, I'm sure you're uh, familiar with the uh, those Clone Wars, Star Wars things that yes. was on Cartoon Network. They have, like, it's. They've kind of got the next generation of kids, it seems. Mm-hmm. So, so the you know they're not giving up all of their good content, and the, yeah, keep in mind also, I think a big poll, especially recently, for that has helped to bo- uh, boost, excuse me, their subscription numbers is their original content, right? Um, and I think this is really just a company shifting its focus to the production and licensing of some of its long run series, like House of Cards, uh, Orange Is the New Black, and keep in mind, like. They have been doing pretty well with those. I think this year at the Emmys they have like over thirty nominations for their right for their titles, um, and then they also uh, in the blog post the company mentions some full length feature films uh, with some really big names like Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Judd Apatow that it has potentially coming. Uh, it is not taboo to work with Netflix or Amazon Prime for that matter at all. It seems exactly so that that lends itself to creativity and just all that exactly. Good stuff. So, you know, ultimately, you know, people already, I, I, the comments section beneath the, uh, the announcement from Netflix right. are very negative. People are saying like, oh, you're doing it again. You're ruining the service. Like, you know, I've been slowly stepping away and now this is like the final straw that breaks the camel's back. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be paying you monthly anymore. So in your, oh, I'm not going to pay you $8. Uh, <laughs> well, in the end, it's your business. Um, it, so, in your professional opinion, is this a good idea or a bad idea? Weighing the evidence, you know, where... Sure. Just Well, just to give you an idea, uh, the initial market reaction, their stock was down over 2% yesterday. Uh, broad market was also in the red, but I think less than 1%. Yeah. Um, so, initial initially seems a little rough. Today, actually, the stock is really tumbling. It's down over 6% last time I checked. The market's the down 2 or 3 so. Um, but I also out. think that has to do with something that we're going to talk about next. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that, uh, so yeah, what's, competitively, what's going on with Apple? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, other than the fact that Netflix now kind of shifting its identity, going from what it used to be, where it was like, okay, we want a massive library to attract as many subscribers as possible. Now it's kind of like this HBO kind of Showtime kind of model right. where they people join HBO a lot of the times for their big series like Game of Thrones. And now I think Netflix is trying to get into that. Um, also, um, it's the thing is like I'm sure the company has looked at the data about how people view their content. And there's a report that said that uh, current subscribers stream like 75 million Epics titles. Oh my so gosh. this is obvious on a monthly basis. Wow. So this okay, is obviously yeah. not a small loss for them, but 
you know, the company's basically making a very calculated bet. Right. Now, what's hurt their stock today, I think, and is going to be something they have to keep uh, certainly in mind for longer term, is there's a report from Variety that basically said that Apple might be dipping its toe into the world of like original content uh, production. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, you know, it, and the thing is, the company already has very well-established relationships with Hollywood studios and networks, considering the fact that they have to acquire a lot of that content for iTunes. Um, and, you know, another thing you have to keep in mind is the fact that the company has several hundred billion dollars to I was actually put into about play to, uh, just so, oh, I think man. it's Cash Balance is about pick 200 studio. billion. Pick a studio. MGM, DreamWorks. Yeah, go ahead. DreamWorks. Oh, that's a smaller one, but sure. Yeah, their market cap, $1.69 billion. Apple could invest their cash hoard uh, in some T-bills for several months, use the interest to buy DreamWorks. <laughs> uh, I mean, they Apple could just buy a major studio. The thing is they wouldn't, but the, speaking just in hyperbole to make a point. Well, the so far the reports, and you know, obviously there's not many details out quite yet, but the options have... Uh, potentially included partnering with an existing player, or it did. You know, people did mention buying a studio outright. And the thing is, um, like you mentioned, the you know, it is really monument or like just massive how much uh, resources uh, Apple could they have actually to put buy Walt play. Disney. Its market cap is 170 billion. <laughs> so, you know, with that amount of cash, um, it, we've seen this happen before, where Apple mentions that they might be dipping their toes into a business, and then all the competitors they in have that been space flirting take a with dive. some kind of TV, just something for years. And that's and, supposed to be, and that an update to that's supposed to be coming, right? In right. Their event and soon. now, and now it's like, oh, coming in 2016. You know, I, I'm not going to hold my breath for an Apple TV or whatever, but um, it's interesting because. You know, I almost wonder if Apple's sitting there like, Jeff Bezos is making all this original content, really? We can totally do Like, I, I don't know if that's entering their calculations at all, because I actually, I enjoy Amazon Prime's original content like that. Um, Alpha House, they had, um, oh shoot, what's the one that just won all the Am- Emmys? Um, I'm not sure. Shoot, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Anyway, uh, I'll post it in the comments section when this gets posted on fool.com later when I remember. Um, but uh, yeah, I almost wonder if that's entering into their calculations at all. It's just if Amazon can do this, we can do this. Well, I think ultimately, you know, uh, some pro- some investors are probably scratching their heads, like, why is a technology hardware company even considering something like this? But ultimately, I think it's kind of the same reason why they've been so successful, which is kind of creating a very pushing the boundaries, ecosystem. Well, like creating stuff. this ecosystem where people want their entertainment through this one source, and you know, between iTunes, you know, the Beats acquisition, like. It's it's really creating this full world, right? For uh, you know, consumers essentially. Cool. Well, thanks for your thoughts. And uh, now, next up, we're going to talk about Dollar Tree losing some leaves. Uh, before we move on, though, I want to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you have found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than ten years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for all of our industry-focused listeners. It is a $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. Just head to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And if you're just joining us, we just had a uh, very enlightening discussion about Netflix kind of peeling back their uh, their library in the interest of saving a billion dollars. Uh, <laughs> now we're talking about Dollar Tree. Uh, kind of a rough quarter. Stock's down 8%. What's going on, Vince? Sure. So, uh, they recently reported uh, for their second quarter. This is also uh, kind of a, a big moment for them since they closed on their acquisition of uh, Family Dollar, which was 
a process. Sure, sure. <laughs> I you followed know, that for like a year, I think. Big deal. Uh, $9 billion. Closed on that in July. Uh, you know, Now the overall company operates 14,000 locations across the United States and uh, in Canada. Um, so, obviously, huge, huge, huge business. Um, and uh, their report, it's, I'd say, mixed at best. Uh, revenue was about just over $3 billion, a little short of analyst estimates. Um, it was up forty percent, but obviously, you know that family, whole that whole gain was from the family dollar, the family dollar edition. Yeah, yeah, that makes up about uh, I think th- just under a third of the top line now. So yeah, uh, definitely accounts for a lot of those gains. Uh, although the, there were some positives, same store sales were up four and a half percent. They saw gains with both their customer count and their average ticket size. But unfortunately, uh, as a lot of companies are seeing, even you know though, yeah. even though only in Canada, it's seeing a 210 basis point negative impact from the cur- uh, currency exchange rates, right? And then uh, on a positive note, you know that's the 30th consecutive quarter of rising same store sales, which is definitely very impressive, and uh, at least a, a a positive note there. And then for overall adjusted earnings uh, for the company, there's de- de- there a loss of 46 cents per share. Um, but if you but a bunch of one time, yeah. The yeah. thing is, you know, you have to definitely keep in mind here the significant one time uh, acquisition costs and other uh, expenses. So earnings per share were actually twenty five cents uh, when you exclude those, and still down fifty nine percent from the year ago period. And analyst estimates had it in like the sixty cent range, so big miss. But if you look at Dollar Tree entity by itself. Um, earnings were at sixty-seven cents per share, up from sixty-one cents last year. Right. So I noticed in the uh, conference call this morning that a Dollar Tree CEO he was uh, pretty positive, as all CEOs should be at all times. Of course. <laughs> um, I'm extremely proud of Dollar Tree's accomplishments in the second quarter. We delivered our thirtieth consecutive quarter of positive same-store sales growth. Broke ground on our Southeast Distribution Center in South Carolina. Successfully completed our acquisition of Family Dollar and quickly initiated our integration plan. Um, I don't know if you came across any notes in your reading this morning. Um, did you get a sense of how it was coming along with the the cost cutting initiatives? Because the major uh, rationale for this deal, I, a lot of it was, you know, we've got we, we you know, we can use half the trucks because all these stores are kind of close together, just stuff like that. Well, I think the integration process is going to take some time for them. Um, I, even they note that. They're not going to see those hundreds of millions of dollars in synergies. I, I think I, for I, like three years until after close. I'm, or I'm digging like through that. the cobwebs here, but I think the the goal was like 300 million dollars in cost savings mm-hmm. or something like that. And Nobody quote the me, timeline for that was you know a few years after close for right. them to really maximize the benefits from that. So um, you mentioned, I think right now they're obviously 100 percent focused on the integration right. of the acquisition. You know, a huge one. Um, but going forward, that's going to be in you know their target and also uh you know they did not release they've cut down on some of their guidance for upcoming quarters and such right. as you know kind of uh not that surprising when you think about it just cuz they need to see what the effects are going to be um as a combined entity i um i really can't wait um cuz on the one hand um you know this is just dollar stores it's boring retail whatever but on the other hand this whole dollar store story since the Great Recession hit has been a fantastic case study because recession hit, US had super high unemployment, 
economy's crashing, this, that, and the other thing. And um, that's when these companies really started getting profitable recently. Their returns on equity were ridiculously high, like 20s and 30% on well, an and, basis. And you saw it, right? Like They have... Almost, they have fourteen thousand locations now, um, and what that basically allows them to do is to get into open stores in areas where they there might not be a Target or right. a Walmart Supercenter, and that requires it's very convenient a much larger footprint for somebody to stop in, run some errands, pick up some things they need, and that has really propelled some of the growth that these companies have enjoyed. Yeah. They uh, they made a bunch of money for five years, you know, after the Great Recession, and then uh, it kind of got mature. So they're like, okay, we got to merge and save costs or whatever. I'm very curious what kind of just returns on uh, on you know investment uh, these guys will see for the next five to ten years. I'm, will it revert to the mean? I don't know. <laughs> I think that you know they've developed a, a, a strong uh, customer base and loyalty for sure, and. Uh, the prospects are very good for the for this you know for this part of the retail industry. Cool. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Vince. As Thank always, you, have a good one. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Vincent Shen, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and fool on. 